Episode 42 In May, one month after Harry's disappearance, Jackie met with Karlsmart's legal team in her office. The meeting concerned the future of the corporation in light of the CEO's protracted absence. Jackie had long had the distinct impression that she was second in command of Karlsmart LLC, but the attorneys informed her of a wrinkle she had not counted on, Harry's ex-wife. Some time ago, Susan had reinvented herself on the heels of grievous loss by starting the hugely successful, if relatively unknown, Carlsbad Holdings. It now emerged that she and Harry had been in talks over the past several months on the subject of Carlsmart's financial future. Harry's disappearance had then triggered some obscure clause or other, and Carlsbad had snapped out Carlsmart for a song. Jackie gathered that the governance of Christmastown under Carlsbad was to change. Molly's role was also being tampered with. Mention had been made of an infant by the name of Jessie. Was she to become Molly's sidekick? It was all very murky. I will speak to this Susan in person, Jackie told the lawyers. This Susan had to realize that Jackie was not just going to hand the whole shebang over to her vulture company. Jackie intended to go down fighting for Christmastown. As the lawyers left, she stood at the window, gazing out over her city. Through the pyramid's green glass, downtown bustled with winners, as always. The residential section crawled with landscapers and parents, and or nannies, pushing strollers. In the green space, golfers golfed, sheep animatronically grazed. As mentioned, the forest had been cleared away, if indeed more haphazardly than Jackie would have liked. It was hard to get skilled logging contractors on short notice, especially in the desert. The slash piles, jagged stumps, and heaps of dead vegetation remained eyesores. But fixing all this meant more money, which obviously presented a problem right now. Some day, Jackie wanted to replace the forest with a water park. Meanwhile, no more strange, leafy ape-men had shown up in Christmastown. As the only witness to that one appearance, occasionally Jackie wondered if she had imagined the whole thing. However, it was more likely that the increased security had scared off any other would-be invaders. Corroborating that theory, arrests of guest workers with altered ID cards had gone down. The workers now entered and left the city limits in full accordance with the law. When they knew someone was watching them, people behaved which was why Jackie had decided not to follow Harry's orders. Now more than ever, Christmastown was her city. With Harry gone, she alone was responsible for its well-being. She had kept the dome's security systems running full throttle, and if it emitted some odd noise or other once in a while, nobody cared because the noise meant they were safer than ever before. All is well, Jackie whispered to the city. For the first time in as long as she could remember, she believed her words. She pushed the button on her intercom. It was time to draft her counterproposal to Susan. As she waited for her assistant to arrive, a greenish light suddenly burned through the sky's blue canopy. The light was about the size of the planet Venus, but much brighter. Plus, Venus didn't come on until evening, and it was two o'clock in the afternoon. On the streets, shoppers paused to look up at the spot. Multicolored rays spread outward from the bright center, glistening like the fibers of Jackie's bedroom carpet. The green shape rippled as it spread. Jackie dialed the police chief. "'Do you see this?' "'We do,' the chief said. "'It's beautiful.' It was beautiful, and of course the police chief wouldn't know what this thing was. Jackie's assistant, now standing beside her at the window, gawked like a mental patient. Get me Yuri, Jackie told her. The circle had grown to at least five times the diameter of the sun, pulsing gently, as if someone were pushing a fingertip into the dome from above. Then, just as Yuri answered the phone, the circle collapsed back into a point and vanished. What in the holy H was that? Jackie shouted into the phone. We don't know for certain, Madam Mayor, said Yuri. It looks like some circuits overloaded. Yuri's Russian accent, tinged with Swiss-German, reminded Jackie that he had been the original designer of Cemetarium, the coffin in which Carl had burned. Is the dome on fire? she asked. 
Mirabilium does not burn. There is no sign of fire or heat on these readouts. I will run a debugging script. Jackie called a press conference in front of City Hall. With the elaborately mustached Yuri by her side, she announced that the city was safe. It was just a minor software problem, which is being repaired as we speak, she explained. There is no cause for alarm, Yuri whispered in her ear. Think of it, Jackie repeated, as our own Aurora Borealis. But the debugging seemed to make things worse. The next morning, three more auroras appeared in rapid succession. People stood outside their homes, looking alternately skyward and at each other. Beautiful day, they said to each other, isn't it? They went to work and stared uncomprehendingly at merchandise or papers, drifting casually over to the window to check the sky. No one wanted to be the first to panic. An hour of apparent normalcy went by. Then, just before noon, the entire dome erupted into color, as if blanketed by a huge, pulsating tie-dye t-shirt. Christmastown became a sort of lurid discotheque, as the dome's faint hum, which had burrowed so deeply into residents' brains that they had come to register it as pure silence, grew louder, edged with a sharp electric whine. Jackie was already in Yuri's office, having arrived after Aurora Number 2. Yuri, she said as calmly as possible. The flesh of her arms reflected the mutating colors of the sky. Turquoise, purple, green. She thought for a moment of Hunter. Do you call this debugging? Yuri clattered away at his terminal. It is as I suspected. The dome has been dealing with too much undifferentiated information. She is having a little nervous breakdown. Can you stop it? I will need to reboot the system. What does that mean? Like a gentle conk on the head, the dome forgets all her problems. Yuri knocked his own skull lightly with his knuckles and smiled. But I can do nothing here. He reached into his desk and removed a pair of orange earplugs. I must go down to the server farm. Jackie called another press conference. This time she stood alone. Rather belatedly, she suspected that this did not inspire confidence. The crowd of reporters was smaller, and they kept glancing up at the dome as she spoke. Our engineers are rebooting the system, Jackie told them. It will just take a little time. How long? What will happen during the reboot? How will you know that the dome is fixed? Please be patient, Jackie said, because she didn't know the answers to any of these questions. A woman came running up Commerce Street toward the podium. They're sucking the air out of the dome, she screamed. Can't you hear it? That hum. The air's thinner already. I can't breathe. We're all going to die. That's ridiculous, Jackie shouted into her microphone. Why would we even want to do that anyway? The woman raced on. Run, she screamed, rounding the corner onto the multi-purpose trail. Get out before it's too late. It was Shelley Thayer, whom Jackie had finally allowed into Christmastown on a special mayoral dispensation. At the time, it had felt like the right thing to do, especially because Shelley had brought no family with her. She lived alone in a pale blue house near a bend in the river. Jackie hadn't recognized her without makeup, and genuinely frightened for her life. Ridiculous, said Jackie, turning back to the reporters, but all except one of them had fled, and the one who remained was loosening his collar and gasping. Jackie jumped into her BMW and floored it back to her house. She burst into the home studio, where Molly was bestowing a noontime benediction to CEDN's dwindling viewership. In light of Christmastown's financial woes, she now had to encourage givers across the land to step up their game even further. Double your giving, double your loving was the campaign Jackie had hastily concocted. Molly's sorrowful expression suggested she felt the givers were paying for someone else's mistakes, as was Molly. Now's the best time ever to be a giver, the poor girl murmured as the director made bigger motions with his arms. Jackie snatched Molly out of her chair and grabbed her mic. Molly began whimpering. Citizens of Christmas Town, do not panic. The dome can't burn, and there's plenty of air for one and all. Pay no attention to the rumors. This is a software problem only. Please remain calm. 
The director screamed and ran out the door right past the camera. Framed in a close-up, Jackie kissed and held her sobbing daughter.